Hello everyone and welcome to another one of our Halloween specials here on Second Take Cinema coming to you from the misty faraway lands of South End on Sea. It's Impala Films headquarters. I am your host as always, Jamie Evans, and I am joined by Rory Jocelyn. We've got an exciting double bill for you today, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk about 2018's Halloween and its sequel, Halloween Kills. Um, This is the film that basically restarts the Halloween timeline again, but we'll get into that. Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in, because we're going to take a look back at two incredible films, uh, the first of which is record-breaking. It's time for a second take on Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. So let's start with Halloween 2018. This is the movie that basically says all of the original sequels to Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, no longer exist. We go straight from John Carpenter's original to this, 40 years to the day later. This movie was directed by David Gordon Green and co-written by David Gordon Green, Jeff Fradley and Danny McBride. Technically, it is the 11th movie in the Halloween franchise. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role as Laurie Strode, along with James Jude Courtney portraying Michael Myers, with Nick Castle returning for a small cameo. It also features Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, Will Patton, Halleck Billigner and Virginia Gardner. This movie was made for $10 million and grossed a whopping $259.9 million. It was filmed in 2018 from January to February and it is the highest grossing slasher movie in unadjusted dollars ever made, breaking the record previously held by Scream in 1996. So uh, this movie was the... Uh, the fourth highest ever R-rated horror movie uh, in terms of its Thursday night preview gross. Uh, after It, It Chapter 2 and Paranormal Activity 3, it grossed $33.3 million on its first day at the cinema. And it was the second best ever opening weekend for an October release behind Venom. Venom is trash. So. I've seen Venom. It's at best a 4 out of 10. Mate, at it's best. garbage, in it? Yeah. There's bits of it I liked, but mostly trash. Uh, it's also the biggest debut for the Halloween franchise, and it's also the best 
ever opening performance for a film where the lead actress is over 55 years old. It's a very specific topic, isn't it? It is, but because there's so few films that do it, they do look at stuff like that. That's fair play, actually. Um, Good point. But yeah, so critical response. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 79%. Critical consensus reads, Halloween largely wipes the slate clean after decades of disappointing sequels, ignoring increasingly elaborate mythology in favour of basic yet still effective ingredients. Um, Peter DeBerg... Peter de Bruges of Variety felt that the film brings the series back to its roots. He brings fucking British. <laughs> Peter de Bruges of Variety felt that the film brings the series back to its roots, calling it an act of fan service disguised as a horror movie. The fact it works as both means that the director, Green, has pulled off what he set out to do, tying up the mythology that Carpenter and comp- company established while delivering plenty of fresh suspense and grisly creative kills for younger audiences. Um, Jonathan Barkin of Dread Central wrote, Halloween pays loving and respectful homage to the 1978 original while making a very bold and decisive claim for its own existence. This is quite possibly the scariest Michael Myers has ever been. However, in a mixed review, can, Eric can, Cohn... Sorry, can I just quickly add, Dread Central, wasn't that, weren't they the ones that on VGMP did a positive review for It Came From The Desert? Probably. That was on that box art we had to translate from German. Probably. In a mixed review, Eric Cohn of IndieWire criticised the film's dialogue and staging, but said Carpenter's own Halloween was itself a bumpy ride, made on the cheap but carried along by the director's firm grasp of his potent themes. The new one works overtime to keep them intact, while communing with the first instalment in every possible way, from the famously creepy synth score to the blocky orange credits that bookend the story. Um... Roger Ebert.com's Brian Tallarico gave it only two out of four stars, writing it's admirable in its thematic relationship to Carpenter's vision, but the no-nonsense, tightly directed aspect of the influential classic just isn't part of this one. Carpenter's, mo- Carpenter's movie is so tautly refined that it that the sometimes incompetent slackness of this one is all the more frustrating. I can't agree with that one. As is the complete lack of atmosphere, another strength of the original. However, the film did go on to uh, net several uh, accolades. It was a runner-up for the Grosch People's Choice Midnight Madness Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. It received four Fangoria Chainsaw Award nominations, including Best Wide Release, Best Actor for James Jude Courtney. Who was he? Michael Myers. Oh. So I'm, I'm always a little dubious about these awards because they give, they literally will Best do... St- actor. Yeah, they will literally do... St- I love Fangoria. I'm a big fan of Fangoria. But they will do things where they're like, Best Actor goes to Kane Hodder as Jason. And he's like, I love Kane Hodder. He's a great guy. You, you literally put on a mask and walk around and kill You're not really... Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be a snob, yeah, but, but do you know what I mean? You're not yeah. acting as such. Yeah. Um, best Actress for Jamie Lee Curtis and Best Makeup Effects for Christopher Nelson. It also received a nomination for Best Horror Film at the Saturn Awards and Jamie Lee Curtis won Best Actress that year at the Saturn Awards. Okay. So let's talk about Halloween 2018. Now, I put this one in the list and I put this one in the list for a very specific reason, which is Halloween is a franchise that... I think tech, I think more than any other franchise has rebooted its continuity multiple times. So uh, from what I know, and bear in mind that something that you're going to bring up, I'm sure in a minute, and something I'll bring up, is that I've not really watched any of the Halloween movies. The I only saw the first one with you last year. Yes. Um, so I don't know much about Halloween as a franchise other than the what it is in the general zeitgeist. But 
as far as reboots are concerned, you've got obviously the original, which wouldn't be a reboot, that'd be the initiator. Then there was the Rob Zombie ones, and then yeah. there's these. So let's count these. Are you ready? Are you ready mm. to count how many times Halloween's rebooted its timeline? Sure. So you so first of all, you've got the Halloween three timeline, which is just its own separate little thing. So let's make that timeline number one. Okay. Right? And that isn't in the same timeline. I'll tell you how let's, you, let's, take, let's call the original Prime. Yeah, so but I can tell you. How, I can tell you how you can tell it's not in the original timeline, Halloween Three, because in that film the characters watch the original Halloween on TV. Meaning be. in that timeline it's just a movie. Right. Right. Sure. So that's so that's, Halloween Three. Yep. Then you've got the original timeline, which is Halloween One, Two, Three, uh, Four, Five, Six. Yep. Then you've got the H2O timeline, which is Halloween 1, Halloween 2, skip all the others, H2O and Resurrection. Right. Then you've got the Rob Zombie ones. No. Oh. Then you've got the Rob Zombie timeline, which is a remake of Halloween 1 and a sequel to that. Okay. But they, it ignores all the others, basically, yep. just because there's a remake in it. Okay. Then you've got, and that's the only one that doesn't use John Carpenter's original as its starting point. Sure. Then you've got the newest timeline, or the David Gordon Green timeline, as we'll call it, which starts with the original John Carpenter classic, Mm. and then is Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. That is five different timelines for a slasher movie franchise. Yeah, Jesus. I'm not sure there's that many timelines in Star Trek, and that's been going since the 60s. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like you, Though I will say, the Marvelverse is probably challenging it by now. Well, no, because they don't restart as Well, there's such. different verses, which would be... Well, yeah, there is, yeah, but they're all canon within the multiverse of the MCU. Oh, the MCU count. hasn't restarted itself, is what I mean. That's fair play. Th- this, is, this might be the biggest example of a franchise where they just come in, throw everything at the wall, and see what sticks. Yeah. And then go, oh, wait, people didn't like the Curse of Thorn storyline? They want Jamie Lee Curtis... They didn't like the fact we killed Jamie... Because in 4, they killed Jamie Lee Curtis off, off screen. Yeah. They didn't like that we did that. Fuck, we better restart the timeline. Bring Jamie Lee Curtis back twice. They brought her back twice now. Yeah. Because she's in she's in the OG timeline, the H2O timeline, and the David Gordon Green timeline. Wow. Like, it's insane. Um, anyway, the reason I wanted to do this was exactly like you've just said, because I, I went to the cinema to see this. I loved it. It was such a great experience. It's the first Halloween film I ever saw in the cinema. I have seen all the others. So even though I know they're not canon, I couldn't come to this, like physically was incapable of coming to this as this is the direct sequel to the original Halloween. Because no matter how much I try, I've always got in the back of my head Halloween 4, 5, 6, etc. You don't have that because you haven't seen any of the others. No, that's true. So I wanted to see how it played for someone who, who got to experience it the way David Gordon Green intends it basically um it's a good little experiment it is right Mm. so anyway let's let's start what what were your thoughts on halloween first of all did you have any expectations going into halloween 2018 so i'm going to say something that may be controversial may not be um depending on i suppose your own perspectives at home but i'm not really a big fan of slasher uh movies they're a bit like yourself with Mm. like sort of driving movies or action movies they're not really your jam no matter how well done they are they're never going to be in your like your top three or top five or top ten um having said that when we watched halloween the original one uh i remember thinking it was a little bit tame compared to my expectations now obviously the reason for that was because it was the first one and it was before all of the rest it was the originator of the genre almost 
Um, there may have been, you know, other ones that people who are more into slashes know about. Yeah, ba- this is me coming at it as a complete yeah. layman. Basically, the accepted canon is that Halloween is the first one. Technically, some people try and make an argument for Psycho. Psycho isn't a slasher. Psycho is a thriller. Yeah. Yes, it has a human killer in it. Um, and I do credit Psycho as being one of the first movies where it was a human boy next door type killer. Sure. Uh, there was a film called Peeping Tom, which again isn't quite a slasher, but it's kind of there. And the real contender is 1974's Black Christmas. Okay. Technically, yes, Black Christmas is a slasher. I can't, I can't deny that it's a slasher because all of the tropes of a slasher are in Black Christmas. It just didn't hit the zeitgeist the way Halloween did. Sure. What about and, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is that not first? Uh, it was, but I don't consider that a slasher. Texas what, Chainsaw. What what stops that being a slasher? Um. To be honest, I don't really know. It just isn't quite the same thing. It doesn't really have the... For starters, it's not a singular killer. Right. Um, it's a whole family of cannibals. Oh, right. I thought it was just the guy with the bag. Leatherface. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Well, I've learned something new there. Yeah, I don't know why Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't considered one. Uh, maybe just because it's not very good. And I know that's, that is a controversial opinion. So, yeah, I know that's a controversial opinion... At some point, I'll show it to you. But honestly, compare, comparing John Carpenter's original Halloween yeah. to Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like comparing filet mignon to a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I know, I know it was revolutionary. Leave me alone, people. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just people running around screaming. Right. There's no plot. There is just chaos. And in my opinion, it's just my opinion, there is no artistry to the filmmaking. Whereas Halloween actually builds suspense. It is gorgeous how it's shot. Mm. The music is incredible. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is chaos. Now, that's probably because I do believe, I don't know how true it is, but I'm pretty sure they were all doing shitloads of drugs while they made it. Yeah, mate, if you've ever seen uh, a film called... Easy Rider? No. Uh, it's a Japanese film. Oh, yeah, you told me about this. I can't remember what it's called now. Oh, but I remember you saying it's absolutely batshit. Burst and City. Burst City. Burst City is insane. And it's because they're all on drugs and they didn't film enough. And it's uh, it's garbage. And it should be great. And all the locations look brilliant. And yet it's just garbage. Because yeah. they're off their tits. As for Black Christmas, I think maybe the reason Black Christmas doesn't didn't strike the zeitgeist is either because it's just very, very low budget... People weren't expecting a horror film at Christmas, maybe. Or it could just be that you don't ever see the killer in Black Christmas. Oh, okay. Michael Myers is iconic. Like, that mask yeah. is gorgeous and see... so creepy. Yeah, you don't want to see the monster much, but you need to be able to see it that it to verify it exists. Yeah. Rather I'm... than it just being a, a potential thing. Yeah, I've only ever seen the original Black Christmas once. I'm fairly certain that you don't ever see the the killer's face or if you do you don't see it till the very end when he dies and he's just a normal guy right whereas michael myers you had that amazing thing that went on to become such a key thing in slashers where it's that sort of is this guy human or yeah. is he more than human he's overly silent he's massive he doesn't seem to be emotional about what he's doing he's completely disconnected and nothing seems to kill him yeah laurie pokes his fucking eye out and he just keeps going she stabs him and he gets back one? up yeah yeah because um, i i love the bit <laughs> yeah, he's got his eye back in this one no no if you looked at the bit when he had his mask off oh, one yeah, of his eyes did, is yeah. like scarred over oh uh, 
yeah, um, could, yeah, that's right. That would fuck up your depth perception. Yeah, probably I know. Why he doesn't yeah, use he's, guns. Still, yeah, he's still killing everyone. Yeah, it's probably why, probably why he doesn't use guns, though. Because oh. depth perception fuck up your aim. There but you go. a knife, if they're right near you, I can feel you. <laughs> And yeah. now you can feel my blade. That's a good. That's a good point, actually. Mm. But yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was the original. Mm. Um, but and that's one of the only slashes you've seen. Uh, that and Scream, I showed you, you didn't I? You showed me Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Which another controversial Scream. Another controversial opinion of mine. Uh, I argued in my dissertation at uni that Nightmare on Elm Street is not a slasher movie. Okay. Or it is more than a slasher movie it's an evolution of the slasher genre because of the creativity of because it? of the fantasy element right i argued that it's fantasy horror and actually in the trailer Slash fantasy in the trailer <laughs> the trailer for the original nightmare on elm street refers to it as a fantasy terror film interesting yeah having said that though People can make up whatever fucking genres they like. Because let me tell you this. The original Shenmue, I know this is video games and not normally what we mm. talk about here, but the original Shenmue, uh, which is a Dreamcast game, legendary game, I absolutely love it, but it's a very cult-followed thing, not a, mm. a big mainstream game. It came out years before Grand Theft Auto, but it had kind of the open-worldness of Grand Theft Auto 3, mm. long before Grand Theft Auto 3 was a thing. Uh and normally you just call them open world adventure games, right? Or sandbox games. Or sandbox games. That term didn't exist back then. So Yu Suzuki, the guy who designed it, called it free games. And free stood for full reactive eyes entertainment. And if um, that's not a someone <laughs> sniffing their own farts to label their own genre, <laughs> did I don't someone, know what it is. I, I hope someone sued him because they thought it meant they'd get the game for free. <laughs> as in zero dollars. Oh, no, no. It was a brilliant game, though. But yeah, no. It, that, that, as soon as I heard that, it's, it's, a, it's not a game. It's a full reactive eyes entertainment game. You're like, oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> so... Let's just quickly, bear in mind we will have already covered the original Halloween before this episode comes out. Right, yes. Um, but we haven't done that one today because Dave Gardner is going to be on that with us. Yeah, no problem. To me, there's an inherent problem with doing any sequel to Halloween, which is that the original Halloween is one of the greatest film endings of all time. I mean, it's kind of standard, I thought, now in slashes. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's 100% standard yeah, now. Obviously, it wasn't at the time. It was kind of like, oh, shit, where's he gone? That's yeah. that's new. It feels but by like the a... time I... Ca- you've got to remember, this is by the time I came to, the, to seeing that film last year. Yeah. Uh, everything in that film was tired. Yeah. But it's because I've come to it so late, yeah. having seen a couple well, of other slashes before. Well, I showed you Scream. We did all of those tropes, yeah, but I it was sho- the originator yeah. of them. I showed you Scream first, and Scream is the parody of all those tropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, it, I always love the original ending to Halloween because it feels very much like a classic ghost story. Yeah. Because loads of those end that way, don't they? Where it's like... Like urban legends where it's like the hook man and they get away and you're like, oh, maybe they imagined it all, but then they see the hook hanging in the car. It was one of those things where it's like, oh, the evil's gone. I'm going to save any judgment on the original Halloween because from what I remember, it was enjoyable enough, but it wasn't something that stuck with me. Mm. Um, But again, that's something worthy of a second take and that will be on the second take episode we do on it. Uh, As far as this film is concerned, I want to jump back to this film. Yeah. Uh, so my view of it, again, coming as someone who really could not give a shit about this genre, mm. um, and really has not been mass, like, I don't really watch horror films. Um, and it's not because I have an inherent negativity to horror. I just don't like gore. Um, mm. and it's not that I'm squeamish either. 
it's like we've we've discussed this before. Like, there's certain I love sci-fi. There's certain sci-fi's that have body horror in them, which aren't horror films in and of themselves. Things like District Nine and Akira, The Fly. The well, I haven't seen The Fly. Um, but oh, you'll hate The Fly. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Because and it's not something that I've chosen. It's something I've noticed. All the sort of sci-fi films that I hate usually have body horror or bod- like that sort of uh, yeah that body horror element to them Lucy is a good example as well which some people are like oh you'd love this because it's about drug dealing it's like that in this futuristic setting but I didn't like how it progressed and it's usually to do with the body horror element in things yeah um, so and usually slashers are all about the body or horror in general things like Saw is no interest to me because it's just people crushing their own heads and shit yeah that, I'm not squeamish about it though. So when we watch this film, obviously there's a lot of body horror for killing off characters. It's that's fine. I didn't have a problem with it. I, and again, you you have to expect it if you're watching a horror genre. Um, it, you're not going to get away in a slasher film. You can't get away from the fact there's going to be gore. Um, that being said, what I like about this film is. Halloween 2018 has, I think, a really good dramatic story. Mm. It's very rare for this genre, to my knowledge, based on my limited knowledge, not, uh, yeah, limited knowledge, to have the results of long-term trauma and PTSD as an actual strong theme throughout the film. Very much so. And I have to say, Jamie Lee Curtis does a fantastic job. Uh, that like, I really feel for her in that scene where she's watching Michael Myers come out of the prison, uh, being sent to another correctional facility in the bus. And he's still locked up and everything's still safe at this point. But how unsafe that makes her feel yeah. and how vulnerable. And she plays it so well. Uh, and it's... It's something, to be fair, that didn't come up in the next film we'll discuss in a minute, which is Halloween Kills. We didn't have moments like that. Mm. Um, Halloween 2018, for me, is probably so far my favourite slasher. Mm. Because it includes those dramatic elements, but it's not so much so that it would get in the way of the slasher elements that most people will come to the film to see. It's very gory. It's very graphic. uh, But it's not brainless. And I think that's something I appreciated about it because a lot of slashers, let's be honest, are a bit fucking dumb. Mm. Uh, this isn't a dumb film. It's not perfect. Yeah. But it's not dumb. Yeah. No, there are some dumb moments in it. Mm. Um, mainly how Michael gets away with killing so many people at a public gas station and no one realises till he's made his getaway. Yeah. And he just stands there and puts his mask on in full daylight. Yeah. Which, you know, in any other town at Halloween, everyone would just be like, oh, well. But in that town that lived through that murder, with that those mask, <laughs> everyone will know that mask. Yeah. They will all know that is Michael Myers's mask. Yeah. Um... So that's a little unbelievable. Um, generally speaking, Touchwood, I think all the acting's brilliant in 2018. Um, I think all three of the main yeah. girls in the family are Judy Greer, Andy Matichak, and obviously Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, they all um, do a fantastic job. At, yeah, I, I'm even the characters I didn't like, like who were meant to be unlikable. Yeah, they played their parts brilliantly. So yeah. if I didn't if I didn't like them, it's because I wasn't meant to. Yeah, and I, they, another thing they've done a good job of, I fe- felt, um, you got to remember the the boom of slashers was the 80s, yes. right? So most slashers are from the 80s. Um, so they are representing teenagers of a very specific generation. 
And a lot of the time you'll find when they do slashers more modern, when indie filmmakers make a slasher now, because they're trying to harken back to an 80s style, they'll have a slasher set in 2022 or 2023 or whatever with teenagers running around acting like 80s teenagers. This does a really good job of... They are Gen Z teenagers. Yes. And they feel like it. Their fashion feels like it. And their attitudes feel like it. They are not... Because in the 80s, they've the all got The fashion's big... a little bit off, though, because they are in Halloween costumes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when they're not in their costumes, you know sure. what I mean? And even the costume thing, uh, the Bonnie and Clyde costume is gender-flipped. Yeah. Because, of course it would be. It's 2018. Yeah. Like, of course, <laughs> we that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and Michael Myers is an equal opportunity killer, so you can't say he's not woke. That's true. That's um, true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have to say, it's. I, I was a bit disappointed at that in Halloween Kills. Like, they bring back quite a few of the actors from the first one, from 2018. But the hot tiger girl wasn't back no the hot tiger girl at the uh, at the dance could have seen her in the mob I, I, I might make her the lead yeah i'll follow that all day um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh one thing that i thought was a really good twist in halloween 2018 was they introduce a character who is clearly or at least you think is clearly meant to be the rep- the replacement for Dr. Loomis. Yes. Because, you know, unfortunately, Donald Pleasance passed away in 1996. Yes. Just after the release of Halloween 6, The Curse the curse of Michael Myers. I think maybe he actually the died. The Curse of the Black Pearl. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually think he might have died during the production of it because his character just sort of vanishes from that movie. Oh. Uh, without a proper ending. Ill. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so I, I, my point is they, they introduce this character and you kind of think, oh, I know what this is going to be. And then it's not, they flip it and it turns out he's actually, um, he's researching Michael for selfish reasons, which is, you know, he wants to get famous writing books about this psycho killer. And he wants to get in his head. So he's trying to get him to talk. Yeah. Because Michael has never talked. I would say that, that is a twist that really worked. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. You don't see it coming. Um, and it really works, and he gets his comeuppance yeah. nice and quickly. Uh, probably with the goriest death in the film, I think. Uh, getting one his, of, if not the... Getting his yeah. head shattered by Michael's oh, boot. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, his head was essentially just an egg rated to be cracked. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a watermelon, doesn't it? Yeah. Like stand on a watermelon. Um, I'm just thinking back to the kills in 2018 to see which ones were the better ones. That's all uh, fair. He pulls a guy down on a gate and the gate goes through his bottom jaw. Yes, but I feel that was done better in Hot Fuzz. With the Where he trips with the, and falls. falls on the, on the yeah. church spire. I do like the idea of the motion detector lights, though. That was a cool idea. That was a good way off. of keeping the suspense. Yeah. It was quite uh, inventive. Mm. Like the way, like, bear in mind that, let's be honest, Michael Myers, Myers certainly by 2018, was not a very inventive, like, killer he wasn't no. a very overall in and of himself not an interesting character yeah and to be it, fair he's never really been the event for inventive kills you more want to look at freddie and jason yeah but um with this what they did was they didn't change him they didn't make him like you know flip around like jackie chan or anything mm. what they did instead was they used the environment to change the way he would could position himself near people mm. in a way that didn't make them look really dumb because yeah. there's a lot of times in uh, not just slasher films, but any general films, um, where they will dumb down the character 
uh, they'll dumb down one character to make another look either scarier or more intelligent. It's actually quite a famous problem in things like Sherlock, um, where gen like in, in various iterations of Sherlock Holmes, where Watson, who let's be clear, is a hyper intelligent doctor who is meant to be, you know, a really cunning investigator, mm. he will turn into an absolute moron whenever they need to make Sherlock Holmes look smart. So it'll be like Sherlock Holmes will be like, I think this person thinks someone was murdered in here. And be like, well, Holmes, I don't see how you could possibly come to that conclusion. Blah, 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 blah. And he goes, there's blood on the floor. Oh, my God, you're right. And you're like, did, how did you miss the... Dude, <laughs> it's, like, it's a way of making one character look better because of the others. This avoids that by using the environment to its advantage, as you say, with the lights. And actually, that, that actually harkens back to the end, or harkens to the end, when Laurie then places big searchlights on her house, mm. but they're permanently on yeah. to try and, you know, make the vision clear. I think the only person who's really super dumb in this is Ray, who I like as a character, but he goes outside. And when he sees the murdered cops, he just sort of stands and goes, oh, uh, for about 20 minutes. And you're like, dude, you know there's a serial killer outside. Get Ray, back in the... Raise the dad in yeah, it. Yeah, get back in the bloody house. Like, I got, damn, I got peanut butter on my penis. Yeah, I did find that... That was hilarious, because it is a funnier line than what should be said, which is, I got peanut butter on my pants. pants yeah. But it's it's 100% funnier with penis. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, why you stop talking about that? <laughs> so let, let's talk about the big climax, the big third act of the film. <laughs> which, the peanut butter on the penis. <laughs> which takes place in Laurie's compound, which we, we learn that she basically, to fill people in, she's had a horrible life since the end of the original one. Yeah. Um, she's lived with this constant paranoia and fear that Michael Myers is going to come back. That is kept from uh, Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O did the same thing. Okay. Uh, but they went a different way with it where... Um, instead of locking herself down in a compound, she moves all the way across country to California. It'll take him a long time to walk there. Yeah. Do you reckon as he walks there, he meets the kid from The Wizard? California. California. They're both... Walk- what, if the kid from, what if the kid from The Wizard is Michael Myers? Maybe. Maybe. The yeah. timing doesn't add up, but sure, maybe. It's the 80s. Yeah, but Michael Myers starts as a killer in the and oh, that's H true. It's and, earlier than the and H two O wasn't made till nineteen ninety eight. California. Anyway, <laughs> we yeah, can edit it together. Though. In, in Halloween H two O, she has uh, fled across country to California and uh, has changed her name. She's under like a fake name. Yeah. She's a mistress at a private head school. Uh, blah, blah, blah. She's the headmistress at a private school. Right. Uh, and she has a son in that film who she's like super overprotective of. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't gone paranoid like this. Instead, she's just like drinking all the time. Um, I think you see her popping pills. She doesn't trust anyone, etc. Mm. In this, she's gone more the Sarah Connor route. Yeah. Where it's, right, I need to be prepared for Michael, and you need to be prepared too. So she spent all of their child, or all of, all of Karen's childhood, Judy Greer's character, um, training her to be basically a survivalist. Um, and you see a flashback where you can see them rigging up iron shutters yeah or steel shutters in the in, in the this house, house yeah. uh which comes into play later um she actually lost her daughter uh to child protective services um and has had a bad relationship ever since with her family when you finally get to the third act and you get there that could have been so bad 
Yeah. Like, as an idea, it's so easy to go. It could have become Home Alone with Michael Myers, <laughs> which would have been fucking atrocious. I mean, I think, have you heard the uh, the conspiracy theory idea online that uh, the kid from Home Michael... Alone is Michael Myers? No, I've heard the conspiracy that he grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw movies. That was it. Sorry, I've confused it. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. Hey, Marv. <laughs> I want to play a game. <laughs> What's the other one's name? Marvin Harry, is Harry. it? Yeah, I think it's Harry. Harry, I have hidden a key inside <laughs> your skull. If you want to find it, you're going to have to dig around. Why hasn't anyone made a like a mature psycho killer version of Home Alone? Um, so they technically have. It's called, it's called, um, it's, it's called so Jigsaw. Macaulay Culkin did do a sketch where it's that, oh, okay. where it's him as a grown-up, and he's kind of gone a little psycho. But there is a, there's a couple of films, which are not bad. You probably won't like them, because I think they technically fall into the torture porn genre. Um, but there's a film called The Collector, and it has a sequel called The Collection, um, which is a killer in a Mexican masked wrestler's. Mask? Oh, like a luchador mask. Yeah, luchador. Thank you. That was what I was looking for. By the way, you like puns. I downloaded a game yesterday called Guacamole. I've got it. Any good? It's actually all right. Actually. I also yeah, downloaded it's... Guacamole too. Yeah, I think I've played f- Guacamole too. Yeah, um, they're free on the Epic Game Store at yeah, the yeah, minute. They're really good. Anyway, it's good fun. Carry on. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. And they're basically films where he basically he basically sets a ton of booby traps in someone's house. Right. And all they've got to do is get out of their own house, <laughs> but escape all these booby traps. Wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of silly, but it works. They're, they're entertaining enough films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you get to the compound, and you get this really good visceral battle between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers that works in a way that you haven't seen the last one yet, but this works in a way that the battle in the last one doesn't. What in Halloween, kill, uh, Halloween ends. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if it's just that Jamie Lee Curtis is like an extra five years older by that time. Mm. It's just super unbelievable. Because she, she does not look her age in this. No. Like, they keep calling her grandma, and I'm like, she ain't that old. She is. She's like, she's in her 70s, I think, Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Um, or maybe late 60s. Um, she does not look as old as most people I know who, who are that age. Yeah. That's you know certainly those... not generations past when they got to 60. It was like, well, you're over the hill now. You've yeah. withered away, <laughs> you just, old. They're bat. just a skeleton in a cloak. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't really happen that way anymore. No, well, not if you have the you know Hollywood blood magic on your side, <laughs> um, or the child sacrifice. Um, Let's Epstein just call Island. it modern medicine <laughs> for now. And we've... Um. She gets there, and you get this really cool thing, at least I thought it was cool, where you get a game of cat and mouse where she's trying to check all the rooms and lock all the shutters down, and she's almost hunting Michael. Then Michael's coming at her. She's hidden her granddaughter and her daughter in the room, in the basement, this secret basement room she's built. And Michael Myers finally comes in. And and it basically says, like, the whole thing has been a trap for Michael. Yeah. The whole time you think he's got the advantage. Because, of course, he does. Like, slasher films are always that. Yeah. It's always the victim on the back foot running from the killer. It turns out that Jamie Lee Curtis has outsmarted Michael Myers, has lured him into this trap to barbecue him alive. Yeah. And to be honest, if they'd have never made kills or ends, I'd be like... Perfect yeah, okay, end. I'm fine. This is a fine ending. I, I do prefer the ending to the original Halloween where he just escapes um, and you don't know if he ever... Was he even real? Was he a ghost? Was he what? I do like the callback to that, though, that they do in this film where he pushes Laurie over the balcony, she falls and falls splat on her face mm. 
And then uh, he hears someone screaming like back in the house. And when he turns around and when he looks back, she's gone. The, yeah, she's gone the way he was. Yeah. And I was like, that's a nice way to do the callback, but yeah. do it in a new, unique way. It's a really nice way to do the callback. Or, unless you think about it and you're like, you're a granny. Like falling from that height. You're telling me you didn't break anything. Yeah, but she doesn't look like a Like I work on an orthopedic ward. Old people can fall five <laughs> centimetres and break something. Like their bones are brittle, man. Yeah, yeah. She, she must just be drinking milk raw out of the cow's udder to have bones that strong. I don't really want that image in my head. Like, just and we- I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis would yeah, just, just wheeling under this great big udder and being like... Yeah, it is a very good way of reversing the formula. I am, more or less, I'm very happy with this. It's one of the better ones in the whole franchise, I think, personally. It's the best one I've seen so far, and I've only seen three. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's funny It's funny that what you like about it is what a lot... Cause there's a lot of people who do not like the David Gordon Green trilogy. Okay. And it's funny because what you like about it, and I think what I like about it as well, is what puts a lot of people off. That it's a bit different. That it's it's got a lot more drama to it than right. a slasher usually has. Yeah, it's not brainless. Um, which also translates to them. And fair enough, this is a fair criticism because it's not yeah, what yeah, they're yeah. looking for. Slower. Okay. Um, so I, I, I get it. That's fine. If you're one of the people who thinks that way, that's fine. I per- Personally, I'm not super into slasher, like standard slashers. Yeah. As I've said, Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't class as a slasher. Friday the 13th is one of the worst movie franchises of all time in my mind. Is that um, the Jason? Yeah. Right. There are a handful of good ones out of the 12 that they've made. Jesus. Um, but most of them are just rinse and repeats of the same are film. They- Hang on, does that mean that they're ready to do the 13th? They have been trying to do the 13th one for the last seven years, I think, but they've been tied up in a legal battle that stops them from making it. Right. Uh, because it turns out the guy who wrote the original Friday the 13th dug up his contract and realised that actually he owns the rights to Jason. Right. Not the studio. So they own the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise, but he owns the rights to the main villain of it, which is Jason. Yes. So they could do a Friday the 13th without Jason, but it wouldn't sell. But they refuse to acknowledge <laughs> that contract. They're just paying him off, which is what they should do. Yeah. They're refusing to acknowledge that contract, saying that he was always just a writer for hire. Right. Because he wasn't the because cr- he didn't come up with the main story. The main story was come up with by the director Sean Cunningham. Sure. So Sean Cunningham is arguing that the the characters should belong to him because although he didn't write the script, the story was his hi- idea, yeah, yeah. and he hired a writer to write it for him. Interesting. Um, and I suppose anyway, that would depend on the contract between those two. Then. Yeah. Anyway, I know it's been tied up in a legal battle for like seven or eight years, and I don't know if it's even ended yet because they legal battles like that take up to a decade yeah because they were trying to make a 13th friday because you have to you have to you call your film you call your series friday the 13th and you ain't making 13 of them then fuck yourself i mean it's pretty obvious that the writer has done it because it's like if i'm gonna bank big on this franchise even if it's a shite film the 13th one will make the bank i don't think you can i mean he's already been to space for the love of god where do you go from there to heaven that's probably he's been to hell there's one called Jason Goes to Hell. Right. So Jeez. I guess it's going to have to be Jay- Jason Goes to Disneyland. That's what I want to say. That yes. They will make buco books if they do that. Honestly, like it, they may not be able to use Disneyland as a franchise, I assume. Yeah. But like if they put it in a Disneyland-style theme park... Jason Goes to Adventure Island. <laughs> 
green salad, yeah. <laughs> Oi, mate, why are you wearing a fucking hockey mask like? We don't even fucking play hockey in this country. He goes down the big water slide, mm. and it's just Jason with the hockey mask, no, but no, and no. just in just in uh, shorts. Nah, no, you're not thinking. And like as a ho- he goes down, he's just slicing people no, with knives as he goes. You're not thinking like a horror filmmaker, Rory. <laughs> he sits on that twister ride that spins and just holds the machete out. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's going round, he's just lopping heads off left, right, and centre. Yes. Um, it'd be great to see him go to Disneyland. Oh, you're a big kid. What are you doing? <laughs> No, Mickey, no! He, he could murder people while wearing the costumes. Yes. Yes. Um. Anyway, Halloween 2018. Is there anything else to say about Halloween 2018? I don't know, really. We've covered most of the story. We've covered I think it looks like pretty it. good. I think there's a lot of really good shots in it. Yeah, I, it's something I said to you was that the lighting is incredible. Uh, you know, I know it's not... Don't get me wrong, It's people. some people are going to watch it and be like, well, it doesn't look like a, you know, a multi-billion dollar production. But it doesn't need to. It's shot yeah. mostly legit without CGI, which is lovely. It means that the lighting is fucking spot on. It's one thing reason I don't really like a lot of green screen and CGI in my films because I love the lighting. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of really cool color choices with contrasting reds and blues. Certainly whenever the police vehicles are in shot. Usually you'll have actors lit in red or sort of a yellowy orange to kind of match the Halloween yellowy tinge, but then also being strobed by blue from police lights. Mm. Uh, I really love all of that effect. Yeah. And uh, it's it's it makes the film, to me, look better than a lot of, like, yeah. say, big Marvel movies, which will use a lot of... Uh, vi- yeah, a lot of visual effects, let's say, to add to a shot, but in order to make that look good, they have to green screen, so nothing can be lit particularly in an yeah. interesting way. This is, is it, much better. They've set up a shot, mm. they've lit it for purpose and gone with it, and I love it. There's a sequence in the middle of the film that I really like that is sort of like a bit of an unbroken take, almost like a callback to when Michael kills his sister in the original. Yes. Where you follow Michael walking down the street, and then he comes to stop outside a house, and he peeks in, and the camera stops in place. Yeah. And you get this whole, like, it's so rare today, because these days the average shot length is like two seconds without a cut. Yeah. Um, this shot holds for I think a solid minute and a half or so. Yeah. And it's just a shot of this woman's living room through the window as if we're peeking through the window. She's on the phone talking we about We think some... we're looking in as him. Yeah. But then he splits off from us because we see his reflection in the mirror, don't we? Yeah. He splits off and then you can see him because there's other windows across the room. You see him walking down past those windows and you see her just pacing on the phone. And you know this woman's doomed. You know she's dead. Yeah. And you, you almost want to scream into the film like, run, bitch, run. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it was so refreshing to see a film that didn't have to be like, oh, uh, so we're going to kill this woman and it's going to be a thousand different edits for yeah. a one minute scene. It was like, no, I'm going to lock the camera off here. Something that Actors they do. Go. Yeah, something they do really well uh, in a way to harken back to old school filmmaking mm. is they know when and how long to hold a shot for. Um, modern filmmaking generally does not hold a shot uh, because, as you say, there's, there's this idea that it has to be cut within a certain sequence because of how little attention span people have. But actually, the the downside to doing a lot of quick cuts is you lose your tension. Because every, every time you move that camera, uh, like in, in terms of a cut, 
even though it's within a, a split second, your brain has to rescan the entire image and replace where everything is in um, sort of in correlation in frame, to yeah. each other. And uh, a good film to uh, throw your brain out of gear for this is a film called Domino, uh, which stars Kira Knightley and uh, oh, he played Marvin Sin City. Uh, and he was uh, in The Wrestler. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Um, which, as far as story goes, seems to be a phenomenal film. The problem is, is uh, it's, it's cut so badly, it needs recutting. Because they, I, I actually counted, there was like 14 cuts in a two-second space. And that's standard in that film. Jesus. It's, and I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. I counted them. It's insane. And the problem with that, when it starts in the intro, you're like, oh, that's kind of edgy and kind of cool. But when it's oh, done, no, the whole film, the like whole this. film is like that. And the problem is, is no matter where they go, you can't really see where they are because your con- your brain is constantly having to keep up with where they are in relation to each other, as well as where they are in relation to the room. Is this the same scene now? Are we yeah. changed scenes? Because uh, it's cutting so fast, you don't really get a a stop to go right now. We're in scene two or in scene fifteen or whatever. So editing is quite as much as we in a modern way, like to cut a lot to keep people's attention span. Actually, sometimes I think it does the opposite. This film does a very clever thing in knowing when to hold a shot as well as knowing when to cut it. Um, As a piece of movie making, I actually really like the artistry of uh, Halloween 2018. It's the best slasher film I've seen. Now, I know that may not say much because a lot of people will be like, well, you haven't even seen any of the Friday the 13th and you've only seen one Nightmare on Elm Street and you've mm. only seen one Halloween before this and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're right. I, that is all I've got. But yeah. to, be, I, like, nah. to be fair, most most things are based on the original Halloween yeah. and this one looks better. None of, none of, the, uh, none of the Friday the 13th are better than this. Um, except maybe six, but even six isn't better. It's just funnier um, because six is very self-aware. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. There are some Friday the 13th I can have fun with. I I have fun with Jason X because it's fucking stupid. Um, for me personally, this isn't better than Nightmare on Elm Street, but of course it's not. Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite film of all time. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the idea of dream narratives is so interesting to me um, that something that's a guy just going around stabbing people will never equal it, yeah. no matter how well it's just done. Just conceptually, it's yeah. not as interesting. Um, but we then moved on to Halloween Kills, and the reason we double-billed these is Halloween Kills takes place on the same night. It so literally it's picks watching up. one day. <laughs> yeah, one giant movie, which I've always wanted to give it a try watching it that way, and Sure, today we did. Well, before um, I go into my views of it, well, bear in I, mind that I haven't seen it before, I'm mm. kind of interested in what you felt of the film, having stitched it together as one whole big film. Well, let me introduce Halloween Kills. Sure, of course. So Halloween Kills came out in 2021. Uh, I believe it was it was delayed, I think. I think this and Ends both got pushed back a year because of COVID. Because sure. I believe Halloween Kills was meant to come out in 2020 and Ends was 2021, but they ended up ju- uh, shoving it back a, a year due to the pandemic. Uh, Halloween Kills was also directed by David Gordon Green, co-written by Green, Danny McBride and Scott teams it stars a returning jamie lee curtis james jude courtney um andy matiachak judy greer and will Patton. and joining the cast uh is anthony michael hall uh and thomas mann along with kyle richards who uh comes back from having originally played little Lindsay wallace in the original one 
Oh. Yeah, yeah, the little girl in the original. Yes. She's back in this one. Uh, this one did not do as well financially. No. This one had a uh, had double the budget, $20 million. So double, which still cheap still for a cheap film these for days. A film like this, yeah. And it made $133.4 million. So it still made buck. Yes, and I think I think the um, basically I think the only reason it was lower because I think the film was seen by loads of people, but basically this film did that thing that they started in the pandemic where it released in the cinema and then released on Peacock streaming two days later. Right. So, so a lot of people, people watch just it watched online. it at home. Certainly with COVID going around. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think some some countries were still in lockdowns at this point. Well, twenty twenty two. No, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, we were still in lockdown. Uh, some we, of that. We, yeah, we weren't when this came out because I went to see it. Oh, okay. Um, I actually think. Do you know what? If I remember right, I went to see this because it came out early October. I think. I went to see this, and then I'm fairly certain a week later we got put into another lockdown. Right. I'm sure we did. But anyway, um, this film, let's look at its reception. Oh, there is an extended cut of the film, which I don't think is what we saw, but anyway. Mm. Um, it was released alongside The Last Duel, uh, which was the... Um, Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott film, film that made no money and really yeah. upset Ridley Scott. So I'm going to say something to, well, not to Ridley Scott, he's not going to be bloody listening, but like to what Ridley Scott said about The Last Duel, because he was moaning, saying, kid, like, these, his problem is he kids don't want to watch real films anymore and things like that. He had a massive mm. rant about it. But his film was aimed at older people who were still hiding from the pandemic. Yeah, and that was my main jam. It's like, mate, you were making a historical. It may be drama. an action, but it's a dramatic action. No, it's not it's even an action. Drama. Yeah. So, um, apparently the trailers were really misleading. Right. The trailers made it look like it had all these epic battles in it and stuff. Right. But it, it's... I haven't seen it myself. I just watched reviews of it. Yeah. It's like Rashomon, where it's one story retold from three different characters' perspectives. Right. okay. And each one tells it slightly differently. Right. So, because my dad's got it, I need to watch it. But the thing is, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a dramatic... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a dramatic historical drama. And that's not going to sell to young people anyway. It never does. Uh, so why release that in a pandemic? I understand yeah. why, obviously. It had been funded. He'd finished it. It needed to come out. Yeah. But the problem is, is unfortunately, I think Ridley Scott got... Like, let's just say the film's fantastic. I've not seen it. Mm. But let's just say it is for purposes of argument. Yeah, it was bad luck. It's bad luck because, yeah. unfortunately, mate, a pandemic hit. Yeah, and mate, all the old people stayed home. Loads of people had bad. There are a load of films that came out in the pandemic that should have been absolute blockbuster smashers. I'm pretty certain Tenet what? only just about broke. Like it, it made a profit, but it only just really pushed past it. And I think yeah. outside of a pandemic, it probably would have done a lot better because it's Christopher Nolan. And yeah. the only reason it broke, it, it 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 got enough to make its money back, was because it was Christopher Nolan. Do you think Oppenheimer's going to make a load of money, or do you think people won't care about Oppenheimer? I don't know. See, after it is three hours too, long. Yeah, Tenet was considered too complicated, and I think that's damaged uh, the reputation of. Nolan. Yeah, a little bit. Not completely, obviously, mm. but I think people might be a little bit more wary and wait for the reviews before they go and see Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But we'll see. So, unlike Halloween 2018, this one did not fare too well on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of only 38%. Wow. The site's critical consensus reads, Halloween kills should satisfy fans in search of brute slasher thrills, but in terms of advancing the franchise, it's a bit less than the sum of its bloody parts. CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of B-minus, 
Uh, Barry Hertz of the Globe and Mail was positive in his review, saying the film was brimming with odd decisions, but added there's something entertaining or maybe just enjoyably puzzling about what Gordon Green and McBride think a Michael Myers movie could or ought to be. Reviewing the film for the rap, Asher Liberto praised the return of cast members from the 1978 film and wrote, Green seems less interested in rewriting the Halloween playbook than in giving audiences what they came for, from ghastly scares to a ghoulish score. It's a strategy that promises to make the series as immortal as Michael Myers himself. Um, Owen Gleiberman of Variety wrote, Halloween Night may be Michael Myers' masterpiece, but Halloween Kills is no masterpiece. It's a mess. A slasher movie that's almost never scary, slathered with topical, in air quotes, pablum, and pablum. with pablum, I've never heard that word before. Pablum capasso. Topical pablum, and with too many parallel plot strands that don't go anywhere. Do you know what? I agree with that. Halloween Kills is a little bit of a mess. Yeah, I, I agree. felt. No, so it's, it's something I was going to say, but first I want to hear what you think. Of stitching the, them together. I've stitched them as one mo- big movie. Uh, they almost don't work. In some ways they work. Yeah. Uh, in terms of something I never realised when I watched it in the cinema, is that the 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 African American couple who are dressed up as a doctor and a nurse. I noticed that. I went, oh, they're from the first film. They're went, in the what? first one. I was like, yeah, they're the ones who go into the BMW. Briefly, briefly, yeah. they are like... They're, They're not even characters, characters, really, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is really cool. That's really cool. What doesn't quite work is all this chaos happens in... 20. 20- Haddonfield is not a big town. Yeah. All this chaos happens in 2018, and we're supposed to believe that all those other characters have just been sat in that bar drinking and haven't heard about it until Halloween Kill starts, by which point it must be, like, midnight at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that kind of doesn't work. It's hard. The problem with it, the reason it doesn't work, um, because it could, in theory, work doing one long night. They did it originally. Uh, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween one and Halloween two, they take place on the same night. Right. Um, And it it works better in that film. Yeah. Except for the fact it was actually filmed years later and Jamie Lee Curtis is wearing a wig because she'd cut her hair short. Um, And you can tell. Um, It doesn't work because this film is trying to do this topical commentary which is fine it's totally fine for i i i am perfectly fine with horror movies trying to be more than just a horror movie yeah 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 yeah. um but the problem is when you're saying this sequel literally takes place the same night and the first one was quite tight actually quite tightly made yeah and then this one you've got a whole but there's too many characters for starters there's too many characters in this Mm. film jamie lee curtis who is the only character we really really care about is resigned to a hospital bed for nearly the entire film. Yeah, she doesn't really do much in the film. Yeah, and there's just this mob, you know, going around chanting, evil dies tonight. That became a bit of a mocking thing for this film. Right. Uh, loads of people mock it. Like, I'm serious, you go to, like, a horror thing, mention Halloween Kills, and someone will jokingly go, evil dies tonight, like yeah. that. But um, I actually didn't mind that as a slogan, but anyway, carry yeah, on. Yeah, I don't mind the idea of this mob justice idea, mm. and when we get to the next film uh, next week... I will talk about how I think this trilogy is actually made in the wrong order. Sure. Um, It just... It's hard to say. It doesn't quite work. I found myself getting a little bit bored in the middle of this one. And I hate to say it, but that was true when I saw it in the cinema as well. Yeah. And cinemas, you know, they they add this extra magic to a film that grips you more. Um, I I got a little bored in the middle of this because there is so much killing in this. I'm fairly certain this is the record for the most kills in a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. It's too many. At a certain point, it just becomes inane. 
and you're like, what? Why is this character? This character is only in the movie to die. Why is Big John and Little John in this film? Yeah, they add nothing to the main storyline. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, they're funny. Oh, they're, they're fr- very funny. Yeah, and they the will- actors do a brilliant job. It's just a case of they're not part of the mm. plot, but they're given such a big focus. And but you know that they're just there to die. Yeah. So it's like, why? You know, they're not attached to anyone. Yeah. They never communicate with anyone. No. They're completely disconnected. Fe- this feels. This has what I sometimes call middle film syndrome. Yeah. Trilogies are weird because in a lot of trilogies, the middle film is the best film. Dark Knight. Um, but in some trilogies, you get middle film syndrome, which is where your which is where your film your series didn't actually need to be a trilogy, mm. and therefore you are just spinning your wheels in the second one. Yeah, that does feel like this. Actually, the the way I was going to say it was that this film feels like a good episode in the middle of a series run. Mm. Uh, because like by this point in a series, you'd know Tommy. You'd not like the guy who incites the riots. You'd yeah. know, uh, you know, all of these various m- multiple groups of characters all off going doing in their own thing. And you'd be like, yeah, I know Linda. Yeah, I know Tommy. Yeah, I know Big John and Little John. You know, we've seen them in a- multiple episodes. Yeah. And now when they die, it's like, oh my god, they killed Big John, Little Fucking John. Fucking hell! That if this was a series, that'd be like the Red Wedding in Game of Thrones. Yeah. When they're just like, right, all these characters you love, we're going to kill like five of them off. if you were going to do Halloween as a series, that'd be great. Because you build up the suspense of all these characters talking about this fucking night and it's coming up to Halloween. Mm. And then when Halloween happens, it's like, well, surely this man can't be as bad and as dangerous and as violent and as, you know, super, almost supernaturally scary Mm. as he's made out to be. And then when he is, that's terrifying. Um, but either way, that's what it felt like to me. It was like, this is, this is a mid episode of a series waiting to get towards its finale. Yeah. And you, as a feature film, you don't want it to feel like that. You want it to feel like a a contained story. Yeah. Um, which the first film does perfectly. Yes. So, you know, Halloween 2018 obviously can work as having sequels as they do with this. It's fine. But if they had never made sequels, it would work by itself. Yeah, this can this cannot work without twenty eighteen or ends or ends because it doesn't. This one doesn't end. No, exactly. That's the it. Big literally irony. cuts in the middle of a scene. Yeah, uh, but there are some positives. Don't think that there's nothing positive about this film. For starters, for slasher fans, this has got some of the best deaths in the franchise in it. Yeah, really brutal deaths. Um, Big John gets stabbed in the armpit. Yeah. And then gets his eyes gouged out. That's great. The only thing um, is, think... is when he gets his head crushed and eyes gouged out, you see his head sort of misshapen, like crunch. And then when little John comes up and finds his body, his head is still like in perfect. You're like, mate. <laughs> yeah. I think my personal favorite, just because I don't think I've ever seen it in any other film, is the light tube in the throat. Yeah, that was good. Um, it's how fast he slams it in. I'd forgot how fast he yeah, shoves it in as well. Brutal. Uh, this is, I'll give this a compliment. Out of all the Halloween films, this is the one in which Michael Myers feels the most like an unstoppable force. Yes. Because he, he almost feels like Superman in this. Like, he's ridiculously strong. Mm. He's always filmed in a way that accentuates how tall he is. Yeah. Um, he is just throwing people around. I mean, that bit towards the end when he gets hold of Allison's boyfriend. Yeah. And he is just flinging him around like fucking Goldberg throwing Chris Jericho around a ring. Like, do, do, do you think big film fans know a lot about wrestling? They'll get it. It's fine. Um... 
he's like shoving him through the barriers and everything, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so it's good in that sense. That that's a good thing. Yeah, but yeah. it just like it's you say, bad, uh, to me, it's not a bad film. It it's just feel like a complete film. It doesn't feel complete, and it's not a brilliant film. Mm. And unfortunately, having come straight off a film that I think is probably the best slasher I've seen, to one that is at best average. Yeah. Uh, and it, again, as you say, it does some good things. I like the mob element of it. Yeah. But it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no major lessons learned from there yeah. being a mob. This is the. This was my big problem when I saw it in the cinema because I cottoned on to what they were doing quite early and was like, "Oh, they're going to kill the wrong guy." Um, fine, that's cool. I can roll with that. The problem is none of the townspeople ever have to face the horror of what they've done. No, it's just like, look, I made a mistake, but I'll make it right. I'll go after this guy. And the police are like, yep. And unfortunately, the the black sheriff in the cowboy hat, who looks really upset when he loses it, mm. uh, loses the hat. And he's, he's sitting on the stairs crying. It's like, dude, like, just put the hat on. Uh, it's, you'll feel better. Uh, he's he's literally, ineffectual. Yeah, he's pointless. Like He's in there and he's just like, guys, you can't make a mob. You can't do this. No one listens to him. And he does sod all mm. to stop him. So I'm going to give you a slight spoiler alert, but it doesn't ruin the film. But it just it's, it informs this film so much more. Uh, in the next film, Halloween Ends, that sheriff is not in the film at all until right at the end after everything's been and done, like all the action is done. He turns up to confront a mob again. And he doesn't even bother. They literally just look at him and they're like, you can't stop us, Sheriff, or whatever his name is. And he literally just like bows his cowboy hat and stands aside. And it's like, you bought this actor back to do that. Yeah. (laughs) To do that. (laughs) He's literally the worst cop in the whole, like, and he wasn't good as a cop. Like, the actor does a great job. I'm not Mm. marking the actor. But, like, the character does fuck all in Halloween 2018 as well. Yeah. He's not even, like, during the mob scenes, he's not even yelling for people to stop. Like, that's the bare minimum he needs to be doing. Yeah. He's just kind of being carried along by the crowd looking confused. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. It's like, dude, you're meant to be Mm. stopping this shit. And as much as I say there's some really good deaths in this, which there is, I forgot about the guy in the back of the car gets the knife straight through his eye. That's brutal. There's also some real fucking shit deaths in this. His partner who shoots herself in the head because Michael kicks the door. So it hits. she's literally about to fire the gun. He kicks the door, which causes her hand to ricochet up just as she pulls the trigger and and shoot herself in the face. Which, for me, it makes it questionable. Is that a Mike Myers kill? Because she technically killed herself. Yeah, I know. So does does Mike Myers... I know he, you know, knocked the gun, Mm. but she didn't have to pull the trigger. She chose... To pull the trigger. It just the timing of it is so. Sh- and I know it's a bit. Sounds, too, it's a bit cheesy. Yeah, and I know that sounds silly because it's loads slasher. of slashes are chill- cheesy. Yeah. But David Gordon Green's been trying to do a more realistic approach with this trilogy, yeah. and that's one moment that feels very much like it's older trilogy. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think if there's any really cheesy ones in the old Halloween films, and I'm sure that there is. That must be full um, of them, man. Yeah, his kill. I must admit, Michael Myers' kills don't stand out to me as much as. I mean, Halloween Resurrection. He does behead someone with his kitchen knife with one, one slash, and it's like, mate, Jason maybe because it's a machete. Yeah, yeah. You ain't beheading someone with a kitchen knife in one swoop. You'd be hacking and sawing through that bone for days. Well, it's not going to get through the spinal column. Yeah. So at best, if you slice the whole neck piece open, the spinal wedge in. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened to nearly headless Nick from Harry Potter. 
I don't know Harry Potter very well. That's uh, what's his called's character, John Cleese's character. Oh, okay. Um, he, it's exactly what it sounds like. He's a ghost who he's meant to be a headless horseman, right. but his head actually hangs on by a little hinge of skin. Oh, okay. And it's because when they tried to behead him, they didn't sharpen the sword properly. Right. So then there's a storyline that they didn't do in the films because it is just a waste of time. In Chamber of Secrets, where there's like a group of headless ghosts called the Headless Huntsman, I think they're called. And he want his life like his death long dream is to join them but he can't because he's not headless right and what they do is they do tricks with their heads like they play like basketball with their heads and stuff like that which he can't do because his head is still attached <laughs> by the tiniest little bit of skin and he's just like oh here we go yeah but yeah um sounds crap it's not it's not <laughs> Um, I'm, I have a weird relationship with Harry Potter because I, I was super into it as a kid, like really into it. Because I like I, kids in cupboards. And I kind of grew out of it. Yeah. Um, I still think I like the books. I haven't read them in years. Like I didn't reread them. Sure. Um, the films do go to hell. The films are dog shit. I know, I know people love them and they're some of the highest grossing films ever made. Blah, 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 blah. The films are bad. They're just bad. Good Sales anyway. does not a great movie make. See Avatar. No. See Avatar, see um, well, see a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of great films that sell dog shit and then turn out to be amazing. Detention. Yeah. Who the fuck has seen Detention? Answer. Everybody should see it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, Halloween Kills. What else is there? There's the, the there's that. Everyone just feels a little bit dumber in Halloween Kills as well compared to 2018. Yeah. So uh, there's a few points. Where, like, so first of all, you've got. Uh, Laurie, Jamie uh, Lee Curtis's character, who is essentially ineffectual for the whole film because she does nothing. Mm. Um, and to be, Which, fair, to be fair, she's hospital bound because she got stabbed at the end of the first one. Yeah, but unfortunately, because Michael, like, she's obsessed with the idea that Michael's coming for her at the hospital because he's obsessed with her. But the reality is that he's like everyone else, including uh, the cop that ends up next to her in the hospital. Uh, basically tells her he's not obsessed with you. You he was brought you uh, he was brought to you by the doctor by the doctor's obsession. Michael Myers is not obsessed with you. He doesn't really care. Mm. Um, that storyline doesn't get resolved in this. Maybe it does in Halloween Ends, but like this yeah, idea. Yeah, that's what's really weird because in Ends he's obsessed with her again. Yeah, like he he deliberately seeks out. But then the, the potential is is that we don't know that because he his first obsession may have been to go home, which is what he does in Halloween Kills, and then once he's got his once he's seen himself, his reflection again, the way he always remembered, he then will go for Laurie. But the and he's already had a, a shot at Laurie again in Halloween 2018. So there is the potential for him to still be obsessed with her, and it be a misread by the police officer that you know Jason didn't really care. Um, but either way. The fact is, is you've been building this whole thing of he's coming for me, he's coming for me, I'm bed-bound, I can't really protect myself the way I want to, no matter how much she, want, like, how much she wants to, how much she tries to pull herself out of bed while she's still stitched up. Um, that's a great piece for drama when he finally does turn up at the hospital to dispatch her. Mm. But it doesn't happen. No. So it's like that whole part of the story goes nowhere. Nothing goes anywhere in this. No. Because the problem is as well, there's a time jump at the next one. Now, apparently, that wasn't the plan. The original plan was that all three films took place on the same night. Right. So Evil did die tonight. Um, because of the pandemic delaying filming, they felt, rightly or wrongly, 
that some of the actors had visibly aged over the two years. I mean, you can put makeup And on. to be fair, um, Andy Matichek looks visibly older in the third one. Who does he play? Alison. Oh, okay. Um, she does look visibly older in that I'm third one, more mature. 20s, is she not? She is, yeah, but she just... Because she seems more like a teenager in that first one. Yes, but... Um, but yeah, so apparently that's what... Or to be honest, you know what I think it is? From what I've read, I honestly think... And me and you can both relate to this, and I think any creative person in the world can relate to this. Um, all three were meant to take place in one night. They got the scripts written for all three, because obviously you had to have them both written before Bloomhouse would, would greenlight both of them. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. I'm sure it was Danny McBride who said this. Basically, the pandemic happened. They all had to go home for a year or whatever and lock down. And they started doing that creator thing where they were like, is the script any good? Oh, so they might have overcooked it? it. Yeah, they overthought it. Mm. Apparently, they started getting a bit like... Um, is one night a good is idea, one yeah. like is it ridiculous that it's one night? Is is continuing the mob justice angle any good? Maybe we shouldn't do that. And they ended up rewriting the film. Right. And we'll we'll see when we watch Halloween ends whether they that whether that was for out. the best or not. Yeah. But it does mean whether it was for the best or not, it does mean Halloween Kills now feels like it has this really disjointed ending that's clearly meant to lead into something and doesn't. Yeah. What did we think of the flashbacks to 1978? I thought they'd done a pretty good job of recapturing that feeling. Yeah, no, they, they seem really good. Um, it looked like they'd used the original... Because th there is a shot, I think, in this from the original film with his sister, or was that in Halloween 2018? Uh, it is the flashback to his sister, and you also get a flashback when Kyle Richards is introduced as Lindsay Wallace, who was the little girl. You get a little flashback to Michael killing Annie in the original. Yes. That's footage from the original as well. So the shot style of the 79 film? 78. 78. The 1978 film, obviously we have actual footage from it, and we have footage made to look like that. Mm. It's really well matched up because the 1978 footage, uh, and I'm not sure if they use the original cameras and the same sort of lenses. They may have done that's often a very good way to try and achieve the same effect. But certain things that they did, there's a certain smudge, like sort of almost uh, not unfocused, but like a, a halo-y glow, a hazy glow uh, to the look of all of the footage in the original 1978 film. Mm. And... That's there in the footage they've made for this film to look like the 78 yeah. film. And it's got that, because um, obviously the 78 one, but then they always used to do night in that way where night would look blue yes. in films. Yep. And they've done that again. Yeah. Um, it's a very clever, like, the, it's a very well done harken back. Uh, and actually, none of the sets look out of place. Um, the sets look like they were filmed in the 70s. And the costumes, there's obviously there's a bit where uh, a, a new guy who was there in the original night, Lonnie. Lonnie, is introduced and all the flashback footage for him is made up for this film because he wasn't in the film in 1978. Um, and it's fine, it works perfectly well. Uh, well, quick fun fact, Lonnie is mentioned in the original film oh. uh, and technically appears but you only see him from the back. He is, unless I'm wrong... 
but I'm sure I'm right because they mention this is his backstory. They say, don't they, that he was dead to go in the Myers house and he didn't make it in. Right. Do you remember him saying, I lied yes. to you guys, I didn't actually go in? Yeah. In the original, there is a kid while Loomis is camping out in the bushes waiting for Michael to come home. There's a kid who goes up to the door and like his knocker door running it. And Loomis leans out and fucks with him. And he goes, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. And this kid runs off screaming, thinking that, like, Michael Myers is in there talking to him. Right, okay. So I, I think they've tied it back quite nicely. Nice. But, yeah, so that character, we see footage that, again, is not actually historical. It's made to look that way. The kids who are bullying him, certainly one of them, this, I think, gingerish-haired guy mm-hmm. in denim. I mean, he, I swear down, he's straight out of the late 70s time travel yeah but obviously he's not he's been made to look that way so the costume the hairstyling uh the locations and the way they've shot it all seem to match perfectly so i was actually very impressed with that and what do we think about the fact that they brought loomis back briefly um i see i don't really remember a lot of loomis uh, mm. from but the just the fact that it's a dead actor um, did I, that, was it not a, a, a different actor so yeah so it's a stand-in which i do think is better yeah. Than CGI resurrecting someone like they did Grand Moff Tarkin in yeah. Rogue, Rogue, no one. Rogue One. I can only say Rogue Nation, but that's one <laughs> of the Mission Impossibles, isn't it? Because um, that's awful. That is disrespectful to Peter Cushing's memory, yeah. and it doesn't look good. He's like got dead glassy eyes and whatnot. Yeah. This is another actor who just happens to look close to Donald Pleasance, mm. and uh, you can kind of hear that it's not the same voice. But I, I must admit, I do kind of think. They didn't he, need to be here. He didn't need to be there. No. You could have just heard him yeah. or something like that. Or had uh, it be a different character, does it need to be that guy? Yeah, I think that was just there to tie him in. Yeah. Because to be fair, in the original timeline, Loomis is a huge part of this franchise, and it kind of disrespects him a bit that they've rebooted the timeline so many times. Because L- Loomis... Uh, you got to remember, Jamie Lee Curtis is not in all the original films. No. Loomis is. Loomis is in one, two, four, five, six. Right. Yeah. Um, and basically said he'd do them until he died, which he did. Right. Like, he said, I'll keep doing them for as long as they want me to. So for him, literally, Halloween kills. Yes. But he's a great actor, uh, Donald Pleasance. He's, he's yeah, yeah. in so many iconic roles. I mean, he's Blofeld yeah. in Bond. And from what I from what I understand, kind of universally accepted that he's the best Blofeld as well. Yeah. Like, he, he's the one Dr. Evil is modelled on. Yeah. Because he's the iconic one. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, Donald Pleasance. Um, yeah. Ultimately, Halloween Kills especially when you watch it so directly after Halloween 2018, feels like a drop in quality. Yeah, it's it's. A, I'll be honest as well, with the cinematography, other than the retro shots, which look brilliant, it seems like not as much thought was put into the lighting design and the shot choices as there was in 2018. Uh, because Halloween 2018, as I say, there are a lot of very impressive shots where you'd have the red and or yellow orange background with the blue police lighting and things like that to give like to pop characters out from the background mm. that doesn't happen so much in Halloween kills uh, everything's lit a little bit more it's still well lit uh, but yeah. it's, it's a little bit in the bit hospital more... definitely everything's very uh, flat in the yeah. hospital but i mean like even in the exterior they're well shot it's mm. just that there's it's not a stylishly shot yeah. 
And I, I kind of miss that. The bar still has the lighting thing going on. Yeah, yeah. The bar does it very well. But like, it, it, it seems that they put less time into doing those. Yeah. And again, that maybe that was because they were filming during pandemic, or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, um, Michael coming out of the fire at the beginning and killing all the firemen—that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. It looks cool anyway. It's a little bit unrealistic. Like one of them just stands there squirting in with the hose, yeah, which would have enough force at that range to like knock you over easy. But then again, it's Michael fucking Myers. Yeah, um, I mean, he's just walked out of fire, and there was like a guy at. A, a, there's a firefighter in full breathing gear and he's like, oh God, it's really hard in here. It's terrible. And Michael Myers is just sitting there in a boiler suit, like just chilling in the middle of a flaming building. And you're like, uh, to, to would fair, you be just chilling? To be fair, if you look closely, you can see that Michael has at least... He's burned. He's crisped. He is burnt. But before that, he actually has done something to protect himself, which adds to that whole, is he superhuman or is he just a really lucky guy who... Because uh, when when he first appears, when that guy falls into the basement, Michael isn't just there where Laurie left him. In the reflection of that guy's glass on his eye, you see an, one of those iron shutters roll up. Right. Um, so Michael has gone and hidden in like a little alcove thing. Right, okay. To try and get away from the flame. Yeah. Um, which is cool because it adds that sort of... Maybe he is just human because he's run away from the fire sort of thing. Yeah, he's just good at making decisions on the fly. Yeah, as opposed to him just standing there and letting himself be burnt. Yeah. Um, but then he walks through the fire without putting on any of the protective gear that the fire bloke had on. People firewalk all the time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a thing, didn't you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much more to say, really, no. about Halloween Kills. It's not as good as the first one. Um, it's basically a good average slasher film, but mm. the first one is ultimately a far superior film, and in my opinion, the best slasher film I've seen so far. Um, and it, it's just slightly better directed, slightly better lit, uh, and the storyline holds together a lot better. Um they work nicely enough together. Mm. Uh, I just think if if you're only going to watch one, watch 2018 because it stands on its own as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, we will see you all next week. Then we will be talking about Halloween ends, um, and then we'll be moving on after that to the Rob Zombie duology, um, and I think that rounds out our Halloween specials this month. Yeah. Um, so for now, that was a second take on Halloween 2018. And its sequel, Halloween Kills.